Are you ready for the word? Because I mean, I'm ready to preach. I'm ready to preach, but are you ready to receive? Because I could preach my guts out, but if you're not ready to receive, then there's really no point. Are you ready? Say, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Just like SpongeBob SquarePants. That's right. I want to say a big welcome to Nil. Everyone watching there at the Hub, we love you guys. You are just as much a part of this church as everyone here in this building. And we love you and you're doing amazing work there. And everyone else watching online, we want you to know that we love you. You're a part of the family, no matter where you are. So welcome. Um, Why don't you open your Bibles or open your smartphone or whatever device it is that you're reading the word on. Turn to the book of Daniel. Everyone say Daniel. Daniel, the man, the myth, the legend. We're going to read a few verses out of the first chapter of Daniel as our uh, main scripture for this morning. And um, we're going to unpack that and we're going to believe for God to do something powerful. Amen. We don't just come to church to play church games or to be entertained. We come to receive revelation, not just information, but revelation that will bring transformation. Hey, there you go. There you go. There's a bit of Stephen Furtick fire for you right there. Sugar and spice and all things nice. Daniel chapter 1, verses 1 to 9. Let's read this together. In the third year of the reign of Jerichim, king of, the, of, of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jerichim, king of Judah, into his hand and some of the vessels of the house of God. And he brought them to the land of Shean, yep, to the house of his God and placed the vessels in the treasury of his God. Then the king commanded Ashpenaz, yep, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of the nobility, youth without blemish, of good appearance and skillful in all wisdom, And with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace and to teach them the literature and the language of the Chaldeans. The king assigned them a daily portion of food that the king ate and of the wine that he drank. They were to be educated for three years, and at the end of that time they were to stand before the king. Among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah of the tribe of Judah. And the chief of the eunuchs gave them new names. Daniel he called Belteshazzar, Hananiah he called Shadrach, Mishael he called Meshach, and Azariah he called Abednego. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. And God gave Daniel favour and compassion In the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. My sermon title this morning, uh, for those of you that are taking notes, um, is The Perspective of Peace. The Perspective of Peace. Can we just pray one more time that God would speak in this place? Come on, God, I just thank you so much that this is not just my words, but it's your words. That we're not here to just be entertained and play church games, but we're here to encounter your living word. 
Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the, of the, the Lord, of the Word of God. And as we, as we speak the Word of God, as we speak it out, God, we pray that your power, your anointing, and your favor will come upon us in this building this morning. In Jesus' mighty name. Everyone said? Amen. 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 Um, have you ever had a moment of total peace? Yes? Some people might be like, once in a blue moon, maybe. Uh, Pastor Greg, I have children. Uh, but have you ever had a moment where it's just overwhelming, the peace, and you're like, man, I am just peaceful right now. I'm restful right now, and it's good. I remember um, this one specific time, Rhiannon and I, before we had Alison, were on a holiday. Who knows, peace is always there on holidays. Hey, it's funny, isn't it? Um, and we were in Wannabool, and this specific day, I, I went for a walk just by myself, and I had my AirPods in, and I was listening to ambient, soaking worship music, similar to this, and I remember just walking along the boardwalk there in Warrnambool, along the ocean and the, the cliffs, and it was just, the sun was just setting, and you can feel it right now, can't you? You can feel it. And I just remember having this overwhelming sense of peace. You know, life was good. We we're expecting a new baby. The youth ministry was going well. Church was good. We we're on a holiday. And I'm just sitting there on this rock, watching the sunset, listening, just, in, just letting the peace of God just fill me up. Just being so grateful in that moment. Have you ever had a moment like that, you know? Um, but I remember genuinely, I can genuinely look back and remember the overwhelming sense of peace and restfulness in that moment. Um, but here's the thing. It's easy to find peace in those moments, isn't it? It's easy to find peace when the sun's doing that setting thing and it's just hitting the vibe just right and there's no one around asking you for stuff asking you to do anything it's just you and the it's pretty easy to find peace in those moments like let's be real but what about the rest of the time what about the other 95 percent of life how are we going to have a perspective of peace because we can't live in those moments those moments are great and they're important but we can't live there we wouldn't get anything done. The grass would overgrow the houses, everything would just go bad. You know? We were talking about the economy before. Hey, it'd just go bad. <laughs> if there's anyone that knows what it means to find peace in the midst of difficulty, it's Daniel. This guy, man, this guy was a solid rock of faith and resilience in the things of God, no matter what came his way. Daniel was one of the noble in Jerusalem, probably living a pretty well-off life, pretty comfortable, cruising, and then comes along Nebuchadnezzar and his Babylonians and just ruins everything for him. Taking him, taking him and his group of friends into exile, into captivity, you know, we've got to get this picture that 
Daniel was probably living a pretty, for the time, a pretty good life. Pretty comfortable. And then all of a sudden, it all changes. And he's taking into, taken into this place. Daniel 1.1, we read, in the third year of the reign of the, the king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem. And what did he do? He besieged it. He besieged it. I looked up the meaning of the word besieged, and it means to be surrounded by an enemy aiming to capture or force you to surrender. Do you ever feel like you're being besieged, like you're surrounded, and, so, and it's like you're, so something's trying to force you to surrender? Like you're just surrounded by the enemy and the attacks and there's just one thing after another. Do you ever feel like that? God wants you to know today that although you may feel that you are surrounded by the enemy, you are actually surrounded by his angelic protection. You are surrounded by the grace of God. Jesus didn't die on the cross so that we had to struggle through life day in and day. He died on the cross so that we could be surrounded by Him and His presence. Maybe you feel like you're being besieged at the moment. But how about this? Check this out. There's nothing like the feeling of being attacked by the enemy to get us to run to God. There's nothing like a crisis to get us desperate for God. James 1, 2-4 says, Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure... Your faith-filled life is forced into the open and shows its true colours. So don't try and get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. I want to encourage you today, church, based out of Daniel's life, perhaps the thing that you're looking at, that you're thinking is going to destroy you, is actually the thing that God wants to use to develop you. Maybe the thing that you're looking at, that it's like you've got blinders on and that's all you can see. God wants you to take those blinders off and realize that He is all around you. He hasn't left you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He hasn't left you. And if you feel like you're being besieged or you feel like Daniel and being taken off into some far off land or you're in exile or captivity, get ready. Because you know what happened while Daniel was in exile? He received revelation. He received breakthrough. He, he received things in exile that he never received when he was in his comfortable life. 
And so perhaps maybe this season that you're in of you're feeling like you're in exile or captivity, maybe God wants to do something in you and through you that he couldn't have done before that he couldn't have done when we were living in a comfortable, secure, safe life. Maybe there's some things that he wants to break off. Maybe there's some addictions that he wants to break the change off, changes, chains off your life. But he can only do it when you get desperate. He can only do it when you say, man, I've got, I've got nothing but you left, Jesus. I've got nothing but you. We've got to get our eyes on Jesus. Instead of seeing the trials and the hard times as a negative or God's failed me, God's failed me, I'm going through this tough, I'm going through this tough time, God's failed me, God's never failed anybody and he's not going to start with you. I've heard people say like, oh Pastor Greg, I've come down to the altar before, I've run down to the altar, it doesn't work, nothing happens, the altar doesn't work. The altar's broken. It doesn't work. Can I suggest maybe there's actually nothing wrong with the altar, but maybe there's something wrong with your attitude? This is me too. Because I've, I've come down before. I've, I've come before God with my list of requests. Say, God, come on, you promised me. You said this. And God said, I'm not obligated by your list. Because he's either sovereign or he's not. And the Bible says he's sovereign. That's what I'm going to believe. So no matter what comes our way, you know, it would have been pretty easy for Daniel to get pretty upset at God. Who are these Babylonians, man? Who's this Nebuchadnezzar guy coming in, making me, changing my name? You know what that's a sign of? Identity theft. That's what they were trying to do. Their, ident their identity is tied up in their name, their heritage, their history. Them changing their name is like, you're not people of God anymore. You're people of our idols. And that's one of the biggest attacks of the enemy. He'll target your identity in Christ. If the enemy can attack your identity in Christ, that's what he will go for every time. So we have to understand that I am no longer a slave. I am a, I'm set free. I've been delivered. I am a child of God. No matter what may come my way, no matter what situations I may be facing, no matter what captivity I may feel like I'm in right now in this moment, I am a child of God. I am set free by the blood of Jesus. And after those three days, everything changed when Jesus got out of that grave, man. Perhaps God is about to give you a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. Maybe that's why you're going through whatever it is that you may be going through, is so that you'll get so desperate for God that you'll get down on your knees and say, God, I need you to fill me again because I'm empty. I'm empty, man. I'm so empty and I need you to fill me again. Daniel's greatest revelations and greatest breakthroughs came while he was in exile in Babylon. Trials breed desperation. 
And desperation breeds revelation. I believe that. When we get desperate for God, He can't help but draw close to us and be like, oh, there's someone hungry over there on the front row. I'm going to touch them. When we get hungry for God, He cannot help Himself. When we humble ourselves and draw close to God, what's God do? He draws near to the humble. When we're hungry and humble, no matter what season we're in, when we stop letting our seasons and our situations dictate our choices, our position in God, He starts to get, oh, there's something happening in His life. I'm going to pour it out on Him. He's getting hungry. He's getting humble. He's putting down His own pride. She's getting into it. She's anointing. Come on, somebody. Do you believe it today? When we get hungry, Daniel was hungry, man. That dude was hungry, like physically and spiritually. That dude didn't eat like what we eat. You know what I'm saying? That's where we get the name the Daniel Fast. You're with me. Come on. All right. That guy was hungry. He said, I'm not eating your food because that represents, if I eat your food, that's like me saying, yep, I give up on you, God. I'm going to trust these Babylonians and their idols. The enemy wants you to eat the food of this society, man. He wants you to eat the food and give up on the food of God. Because sometimes it doesn't always hit our taste buds just right. Sometimes the things of God don't hit our taste buds just right in the moment. And then there's the world offering, hey, you know, here's some delicious food. But we've got to be like Daniel. I'm not touching your food, man. I'm not touching it. Because even though in this moment right now, I might be in captivity, I might be in exile, I might not know what's coming in the, around the corner. But man, I know that my life is so much better off in the hands of God, even when I'm confused, even when I don't know what's coming. I'm still going to be so much better off if I just trust, if I get down on my knees. Get hungry, get humble, ask for a fresh touch. Say, God, I can't do this on my own. The more I try to do myself, the worse things get. Just like Daniel. James 4, 8, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Say yes. That's all it is. Say yes to God. Say yes to God every day. Every morning you wake up, just say, yes, God, I give it to you today. Whatever it is, If trials breed desperation and desperation breeds revelation, then on the flip side of that, I believe that comfort breeds contempt and contempt breeds familiarity. Getting familiar, getting comfortable. And when we start to get familiar with things and with people, we start to take them for granted. And we just get into this mundane, week in, week out, just go to church, tick it off the list. I've had my hour, hour and a half of, you know, God this week, I'm good. Because we're familiar. We can't allow ourselves to get familiar with God or with the message of the gospel church. We can't allow ourselves to get familiar with the gift and the power of prophecy because it is, it is the power of God. It's the fruits of the Spirit that God has gifted to us to bring the message of Jesus to this world. So my question, one of my, a question for you today, what is your Babylon? Or who's your Nebuchadnezzar? 
that's trying to get you to abandon God and eat the food of the world and indulge and give up on the things of and align yourself with the identity that the world's given you rather than the identity that God's given you. My prayer today is that you'll understand that God hasn't left you, but perhaps he wants to do something in you during this season that was not possible in your comfort zone. The Bible, listen, the Bible is full of people who are used by God to do powerful things once they step outside of their comfort zone. Time and time again, Abraham leaving his homeland, Moses challenging Pharaoh, Esther and that whole situation, Daniel in captivity, not to mention all the apostles of the early church. But you know what is the common thread between all of them and others is that they stayed reliant on God and his faithfulness. And his faithfulness. Like that song that we sang this morning, I'm holding on to faith because I know you'll make a way. I don't always understand. I don't always get to see, but I will believe it. I will believe it. Do you believe it today, church? What are you relying upon today? What is trying to steal your peace? Because this is where it would come back. This is where we find the peace of God. What is trying to steal your peace? Is it the anxieties of the world or the distractions? Focusing on the wrong things? Overthinking? Confrontation with others? Your children? The way you speak about yourself? I was having a conversation with someone this week and I asked them, what steals your, your peace? What steals your peace? You know what they said to me? It's like, when other people chew with their mouth open. I was like, amen to that. We will pray later for those that struggle in Jesus' name. What's your response going to be, church? What's your response going to be to the Nebuchadnezzars and the Babylonians as they come to try and take you into exile, to try and steal your peace, Right? What's your response going to be? Are you going to march around that wall seven times, ten times? You know what would have happened if the Israelites stopped walking around the wall? Six, if they had just done six, don't stop at six. Walk around one more time. Oh, I'm getting tired. The walls of Jericho are coming down. The walls of Jericho are coming down. Just go one more lap, two more laps. Don't, don't worry about how many. It might, you just keep walking. You just keep walking. You just keep walking. Just keep walking. The worst thing you can do is to stop walking. You just keep walking. And the breakthrough will come. You just keep walking. Maybe the breakthrough will come when you get to heaven, but it's coming. Whether it happens here on earth or not, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Keep walking. You just keep walking. Don't lose your faith.
Don't forsake the gathering together. Keep walking. Find the peace in the stillness and keep walking. Keep walking. I believe God wants to bring breakthrough. Whether it happens today or whether it happens 20 years' time or whether it happens when we're in eternal paradise, He's bringing breakthrough. There's no timeline. We can't under, His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts, but it's coming. He promised it. All things work together for good in the end for those who trust in the Lord Jesus. It's coming. Say, it's coming. Say, it's coming. It's coming. Believe for it. Daniel believed for it. Even when he had the opportunity to go back to Jerusalem, he he didn't. Because he knew God it's like he didn't, didn't matter where he was on earth because he knew God was with him. Some of you think God's left you. He hasn't. He hasn't left your kids. He hasn't left your kids. He hasn't left you. He hasn't left your family. He hasn't left. He's right there. Just like he was with Daniel and the Israelites in exile. He's right there. He hasn't left. He's coming. He's coming. And the breakthrough is coming. Thank you, Jesus, for the breakthrough. There's breakthrough coming. Dee and Alan, there's breakthrough coming. There's breakthrough coming, man. There's breakthrough coming. Come on, church. Can you say it? It's coming. Reach your hands out. It's coming. It's coming. Jesus, it's coming. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on. God, we prophesy. Let those walls come down. Let the walls come down. We're marching. In the spirit, we're marching right now. And whoever else, it's coming. Receive it. Receive it right now. It's coming. Thank you, Jesus. It's coming. Just lift your hands wherever you're sitting. If you need a breakthrough, lift your hands. Spirit of God, Zoe, it's coming, girl. It's coming. God's on your life. Yep, get her, God. Get her. More. Mm. Get her. It's coming. Whatever it is in your life, just believe for it. Maybe it happens right now. Maybe it happens 20 years' time. doesn't matter. It's coming. It's coming. Don't get caught up in the timeline. God's got the timeline. Don't worry about that. It's coming. The breakthrough is coming. You know how? You know what happens? Jesus wins. (laughs) I've read the back of the book, Judy. He wins. Don't worry about it. The devil's under our feet. Can you amen to that? The devil is under our feet. And that's where he's staying. We had, we had Pastor Andrew Evans pray at our ACC National Conference. Tell you what, that was a highlight of my life. Uh, but, you sh- man, I don't know how old he is. 86, man. There he is, full suit. Of course, right? Old school brother, man. Man. And he, they got him to pray. Soon as that mic touched his hand, he just, the devil's under our feet. Hallelujah, Jesus. He's going for it. And I'm like, man, I want to pray like that for the rest of my life. The devil's under my feet and the breakthrough's coming. Even if I don't see it, even if I don't understand it, it's coming, man. Fill me again. Feel me afresh. It's coming. The breakthrough's coming. 
I'd always rather be on the side of believing for the breakthrough to come and it not than being too scared. Oh, is it God's will? Is it not? Who cares? Go for it, man. God will sort it out. You just believe for it. Oh, but I don't want to pray for it if it's not in God's will. Well, you can't understand God's will anyway. So just believe. And if it doesn't come to pass, praise God anyway. Seriously, man. Come on. It's coming. Say it's coming. It's coming. Don't be scared to ask. Ephesians 3.20 says, God will do far more abundantly than all that we could ever ask, think, or imagine. I've said it before, but when Paul wrote that, he was assuming that we were actually going to be asking. Far more abundantly than you could ask. So ask, believe for it. Ask, ask again. I've asked before, Pastor Greg, it didn't work. Ask again. Ask again. I've come to the altar before, Pastor Greg, it doesn't work. Come again. Maybe instead of coming to the altar, get on the altar. There's a big difference between coming to an altar and putting yourself on the altar. You know, it's scary to do that because you know what goes on altars, right? Sacrifices. Whoa. We don't have any knives anywhere, I promise. We're not that type of church. But there is a big difference between coming to the altar and getting on the altar. But I think God is after some people that will say, all right, I've gone to the altar before. Maybe it's worked, maybe it hasn't, maybe God's done stuff, maybe it hasn't. Maybe this time he's asking you, hey, put your life on the altar of sacrifice. Present, what's the word, what's the word of God say? Present your life as a living sacrifice. This is your true and proper worship. How do we worship God? I'm an empty vessel, God. Come and use me. Come and fill me. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Come and use me. How do we find peace in the midst of all of this? How do we have a correct perspective? in the midst of the weight, I suppose. John 16, 33 says, I have said these things to you that you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I've overcome the world. The peace of God is found when we are uncompromising in our trust in Him. No matter what situation may come, no matter what circumstances may come. Daniel was unwilling to compromise when he was taken into captivity. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were unwilling to compromise when they were being thrown into the fiery furnace. Was the peace of God with them? I don't know, ask them. Did they die? No, because God was with them in the fire. God is with you in the fire. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. The peace of God is found when we seek first the kingdom of God. 
Seeking first the kingdom of God does not mean just getting busy doing things that take up our time. Don't get me wrong, God has called us to do, but it's deeper than that. When we place His priorities above our own, place His desires above our own, that is when we will discover true peace and true purpose. When there's a realignment that our desires now line up with His desires. The things that we're after, our selfish, prideful desires shift and align with God. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all peace, all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. It's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to think that things are a bit hopeless, especially if you turn on the news. But if, like I said before, if anyone knows what it means to have true peace in the midst of a trial, it's Daniel. And if there was anyone that knew how bad things were going to get, it was Daniel. He saw it in his divine revelation, yet he was able to stay faithful and full of peace, full of the peace of God. And I don't know about you, but I am so encouraged by Daniel. I'm so encouraged by Daniel. And I pray today that you are as well. And to finish this up this morning, I want to encourage you that there is peace in the stillness. Be still and know that I am God. Psalms 46.10. And I want to read it out of the Holman Christian Standard Bible where it says, Stop your fighting and know that I am God. Exalted among the nations, exalted on the earth. To be exalted means to raise to the highest of heights. To exalt God is to raise God to the highest place in our life. The proper perspective of peace, are you ready? Check this out. The peace that we so desperately are looking for will be found in our exalting of Jesus. That's where our peace is found, church. When we exalt Jesus to the highest place, even when we don't feel it, even when we're confused, even when we don't see it, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding as we exalt Jesus. But here's the thing. You can't properly exalt Jesus if you don't have him in your life. And that's why I truly believe that you cannot experience the true peace of God without Jesus in your life, in your heart. So right across this place today, why don't we close our eyes and just focus in on Jesus this morning. If you've never made a decision today, to follow Jesus, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn from your ways of doing things. The Bible says that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
None of us are perfect. None of us can do it by ourselves. We all need to repent and turn from our sins. But if you've never done that and you want to experience the peace that comes from knowing that it's Him that has won the day, it's Him that our future rests upon. If you've never experienced that peace and you want to, you want to accept Him, turn from your sin, repent and follow after Jesus, I'd ask right now, slip your hand up while everyone's eyes are closed just so we know who we're praying for. We want to give you a gift. If there's anyone here in this room, thank you. I see that hand. You can put that one down. Is there anyone else across this place this morning? If you're watching online and you want to make that decision, send us a message. Get onto our website. We want to partner with you. Is there anyone else in this moment? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, it's coming. It's coming what you're believing for, it's coming. The peace of God, it's coming. It's here right now in this room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, church, why don't we stand to our feet this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, lift your hands. The Spirit of God's here. be still. Why don't you just put the, your hands on the person next to you and just, you don't have to say anything, but you just believe for God to move. Just believe God to move. Where there is unity, God commands a blessing. Let's be in unity this morning, church. Let's believe for our brothers and sisters. Move, God. Move in power right now. Let there be peace. Let the anointing and the Spirit of God fall now in this place. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, we give you all the honor and glory this morning. May you be glorified. As we gather, let you be glorified in this place. God, we know it's not our will, but your will. Not our desires, but your desires. You are sovereign over it all, Lord. And we believe today that whatever it is that we're asking for, whatever it is that we're petitioning for, we know it will come to pass, whether in this world or the next. But we believe for it, God. We thank you that you're faithful. 
just as you kept Daniel safe, had him in the palm of your hand, you do the same for us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. It's coming, church. Say it's coming. It's coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.